Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, step right up and be stunned by the hard-hitting, body-slamming men and women of professional wrestling. And remember, you are about to enter another universe, so keep your fists up and be prepared to fight. Welcome to the world of professional wrestling. Welcome to the angle. Welcome to the Ultimate Pro Wrestling Podcast, the best hangout spot for everything pro wrestling. Now introducing your host, he's a walking, trash-talking wrestling encyclopedia, here he is, Joey Carney. Yowie wowie, what a week it's been for WWE programming and I'm excited to talk about it all right now on The Angle. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of The Angle. I'm your host, Joey Carney, and it's been about a week since I've been gone, but I'm back now. And we're going to jump into everything that's happening in the world of professional wrestling. This week in particular, Raw and SmackDown, knocking it out of the park. I can only imagine what the ratings are, but it has been fantastic programming. Raw and SmackDown coming off a successful Class of Champions event this past Sunday. A lot of people had some negative feedback towards the event. I, on the other hand, I actually enjoyed the event. I thought it was a great uh, a great way to segment into new storylines, um, what we're seeing on Raw and SmackDown this week. Uh, it gave some uh, unfinished business to be attended to uh, in the upcoming weeks towards Hell in a Cell and possibly the WWE Draft. Uh, so I think it was a success- successful event in overall. I do have to say though, some of the most of the the matches on the card had predictable uh, endings. Um, we obviously uh, predicted Bailey going over Charlotte Flair. We did not expect it to happen that the way it did, but we expected Bailey to go over Charlotte Flair. We did see new tag team champions for both Raw and SmackDown. The revival beating the New Day to become the new SmackDown Live tag team champions, and in a surprising upset in the beginning of the show. We saw Robert Root and Dolph Ziggler defeat Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins, particularly pinning Seth Rollins. Some matches on the card that did stand out to me, uh, one being on the pre-show, AJ Styles defending his United States Championship against Cedric Alexander. Surprising placement for this match. I have never seen AJ Styles on the pre-show before, so that was uh, interesting to see. But that match was a hard-hitting, aggressive match. Uh, It was a lot of uh, Cedric Alexander. In the end, AJ Styles got another successful win over uh, Cedric Alexander. Another match on the card I was incredibly pleased with was the SmackDown Live Tag Team Championship match. That was between The Revival and The New Day. This is what I love to see from The Revival. This match reminded me of their NXT days when they used to go against teams such as uh, American Alpha. Uh, Steady matches. Back and forth, aggressive, hard-hitting shots by the Revival. Towards the end, you can see them take out Big E. Obviously, Xavier Woods dealing with that knee injury, costing them the match. But the Revival hitting the Shatter Machine, taking their time. You could see the aggressive, uh, almost like the almost Viper-like, which they probably inherited from Randy Orton, uh, taking their time dissecting uh, Xavier Woods. And initially getting that pin, that that submission to win the tag team championship. By the way, uh, making history as the first team ever to become the NXT champions, tag team champions, the Raw tag team champions, and the SmackDown Live t- 
uh, tag team champions. So props to the Revival. We knew that they are one of the best teams in the company. This obviously proving that they are. I had predicted on our pre-show for Class of Champions that Eric Rowan would take the loss to Roman Reigns just because of the amount of beatings that Roman's been taking on SmackDown. You typically see a superstar who's beaten down, uh, especially the week before the pay-per-view event. Uh, they usually get the win, but in this scenario, that was not the case. Eric Rowan defeated Roman Reigns, which became a no-disqualification match, and we saw probably... The shock of the night. We saw the return of Luke Harper. He came out of nowhere, giving the assist to Eric Rowan to get the win over Roman Reigns. Surprise, like I said, surprise return. We knew that Eric Rowan was eventually going to return. We predicted that he would be involved in this storyline. Uh, but when it was when it was revealed that Eric Rowan was the one behind it, we kind of uh, let that idea of, of Luke Harper returning fade away. And... What a surprise we got at Class of Champions. That was, that was, I did not expect it. Um, well, we did expect it, but we did not expect it at uh, Class of Champions. So that was pretty exciting to see. This made me excited again for this storyline. Uh, I was not really, I kind of tuned out of this storyline. Like I said on uh, previous shows, it's gotten stale, boring, dragged out. But now I'm drawn right back in. The return of, of Luke Harper assisting his friend Eric Rowan, defeating Roman Reigns. I was not happy when the finish to the Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch match occurred, uh, but as that night progressed, I figured to, I, I thought to myself, you know what? This is the greatest way possible that they could have continued the storyline. We obviously knew there was going to be some sort of match between the two at Hell in a Cell, and that's exactly what's going to happen. We saw that announced on Monday Night Raw. Becky Lynch defending her Raw Women's Championship against Sasha Banks inside Hell in a Cell. Becky never before stepping inside a Hell in a Cell. Sasha having some experience, so I'm excited to see what happens next in this storyline. The main event of the show, the Universal Championship match between Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman. Very predictable match. Unfortunately, Braun took the, the loss. Four curb stomps, a pedigree. One, two, three. Seth got the win. But now, Seth is the victim to the fiend, Bray Wyatt. The lights started to flicker. We heard that creepy laugh by Bray, and the fiend appeared on the stage behind Seth Rollins, giving him Sister Abigail, hitting the immutable claw, ending the show. Wow. Great, great way to segment into Monday Night Raw. So many exciting things happened this week on Monday Night Raw. I was incredibly pleased with the product overall. From the beginning to end, I was tuned in. That's what WWE wants. From the beginning to the end, there was not one time that I was bored. But I did predict at the beginning that this would be a typical episode of Monday Night Raw. Once I heard Seth Rollins' music hit and he started giving his promo, I was like, all right, this is going to be another typical thing we see every week. Boring, boring, boring. And then he was interrupted by Bray Wyatt. That promo by Bray at the beginning of the show was incredible. Anytime we see the Firefly Funhouse, we know the WWE fans, the WWE Universe is going to be excited to see what happens next. And guess what? Everything that happened after that, amazing, fantastic, incredible. I can't even describe how well this Monday Night Raw was put together. And guess what? Here's the funny thing. It was reported that Vince McMahon, Kevin Dunn, and Triple H were not backstage. Paul Heyman had full creative control of the show. Not sure if that was true or false, but it seems like it was because the show was incredible. 
The OC getting a strong win over Cedric Alexander and the Viking Raiders. Both teams putting on a fantastic match, back and forth action. But in the end, we saw the OC, particularly we saw AJ Styles defeat Cedric Alexander again. Clean. Two nights in a row. Then after the match, we saw uh, uh, you know a brawl after the match. Cedric Alexander had AJ on the, on the top rope, was going to do some move off the top rope, and AJ reversed it into the Styles Clash off the top rope. AJ is looking like the strongest man in the company right now. I'm not sure if that's intended or if it's just happening that way, but this guy, especially being United States champion, is looking like the toughest SOB in the company. On the mic and in the ring, these past few weeks, we've seen... A different AJ Styles. I think to my I think personally, we've seen an, a different AJ Styles. He's more aggressive. Is he's acting like he doesn't give a damn what happens or what he says. And I'm all here for it. I'm enjoying this. This is the AJ Styles, the OC, Luke Owls and Carl Anderson that we've been craving for years. We saw in an odd turn of events the gender reveal party for Mike and Maria Canellis, hosted by the Street Profits. That backstage gender reveal party was a little interesting to watch. Typically, you see the WWE superstars who are not necessarily used on the show involved in those type of segments. We saw Titus O'Neil. We saw Heath uh, Slater. But we also saw Ricochet. So that kind of caught my eye. Kind of caught me. Kind of got me thinking maybe he was going to be involved in something. And that exactly was it. Mike Canellis, Maria Canellis, revealing to the world that they are having a baby boy. Now, I want to say congrats to Mike and Maria Canales, but what Maria announced to the world was that Mike was not actually the father and that it was Ricochet. And Ricochet was like, no, 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 it's not me, man. This is crazy, which led to Mike, Mike Canales calling out Ricochet to a match. And we knew how that was going to go instantly because it's Mike Canales. Let's be honest here. It was clear that Ricochet did not want to have this match. He was not the father of Maria, Maria's baby. But he hit some sort of code breaker, pinned Canellis, one, two, three. But it was after that match that Maria came out and announced the real father. In the weirdest turn of events, we saw the return of the Bulgarian brute, Rusev, looking bad and mean as ever, rocking that stash. I don't know what the hell uh, he was thinking with that, by the way, because it looks ridiculous. But that guy looks to be in incredible shape, came out and beat the holy hell out of Mike Canellis. I'm not sure if he's actually the father of of Maria's baby. This is a weird, uh, a weird uh, storyline because we obviously know the WWE universe knows it was played on screen and in real life that Rusev is married to Lana. So I don't know what's going to happen here. Michael Cole even made the reference that uh, you know he Mike Kanellis was probably cheated on by uh, Rusev and Maria Kanellis. And it's just a weird, weird storyline. But it has been since we saw Mike and Maria come to Raw. It's been weird. That's the only thing. I, that's the only really way, way I can describe uh, their involvement in Monday Night Raw. But I am glad to see Rusev back again, looking bad as ever. And hopefully they utilize his character and he goes somewhere. Um, I see really great potential in Rusev, um, especially as a heel. I think he is just. A massive player, um, whether he's drafted to Raw or SmackDown, I definitely think that he's going to be a key player on whichever show he goes to. I was excited to see Mayor Glenn Jacobs, formerly known as Kane, 
become the 24-7 champion. We knew this was going to happen once introduced by our truth um, It was kind of obvious that we saw that coming. It was just a matter of when. But here's a crazy stat for any of those uh, WWE buffs. Kane has not performed any match in the year of 2019. That was actually his first match of the year, which makes him a part of the active roster since every year since 1995. So props to Kane, props to Mayor Glenn Jacobs. And it's only a matter of time before we see Kane in the Hall of Fame. And I'm excited to see that uh, eventually happen. But I have to get into my favorite match of the night. The finals to the King of the Ring tournament. The 2019 King of the Ring tournament. And before we go any further, I have to just say, all hail King Corbin. I predicted this way back when. My initial pick was Drew McIntyre. Once he was he once he was eliminated the first week, my pick became Baron Corbin, and that's who won the entire thing. But overall, that was a fantastic match between Baron Corbin and Chad Gable. Props to Chad Gable. He's not really utilized on the show. He was on 205 Live here or there, but he just he showed this week why he deserves to be a part of the main roster. Why he deserves to be a feature. A key player on Monday Night Raw or SmackDown Live, whichever show he goes to in the draft, he it just he's just incredible, 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 incredible superstar. But Baron Corbin becoming the 2019 King of the Ring, it was long overdue, and I have to give him props because every match that he advanced in, every match he was involved in in this tournament, he won clean. There was no cheating, no this or that, whatever. He won clean. End of days, one, two, three, every freaking match. Incredible. 2019 King of the Ring Tournament winner, Baron Corbin. King Corbin. And throughout the night, we did see uh, multiple Firefly Funhouse episodes. And I have to just say, the psychology, the psychological effect of this was incredible. Not everybody got it. Um, we saw some graphics flipped upside down during the show, during Monday Night Raw. People thought it was it was a production issue, and it was not because towards the end we saw more and more, like I said, Firefly Funhouse segments. And at the end of the show, we saw the flyer, the Firefly Funhouse uh, logo flipped up and down, up and down, g- glitching back and forth, which just proves the point that the entire show was part of the Firefly Funhouse. Think about it. Typically, we see one episode of the Firefly Funhouse every other week or so. They're usually about 30 seconds to a minute. But this week, we saw multiple. I think there was about three or four different segments of the Firefly Funhouse this week. And they were about 10 to 30 seconds or, or a few seconds each. Uh, we saw one, obviously, at the beginning of the show with, during Seth's promo. Uh, throughout the show, they were broken up, uh, which was leading to the end. You, they were all part of the same segment. We saw Bray Wyatt talking about how he wanted to befriend another person. And that ended up being the returning Kane. At the end of the show, we saw Kane make the save on, to Seth Rollins, chokeslamming everybody in the ring, went to go hit his pyro, raised his hands, and the lights flickered. Out came the fiend Bray Wyatt attacking Kane with the amenable claw, just adding another victim to the wall in the Firefly Funhouse. And we saw some graphics, like I said, we saw some graphics flickered during the show, upside down. And at the end of the show, when we finally saw that creepy Firefly Funhouse credit scene that lasted about a minute, which was kind of awkward. But 
the point of it was to it was to prove that the whole this this episode of Monday Night Raw, the whole episode was the Firefly Funhouse. Psychologically, that is incredible. The writing, the storytelling, f- freaking amazing. I I'm getting excited just talking about it because we've seen every week. Or every other week, we've seen a little bit, a little glimpse, more and more, more here, there at the Bray Wyatt Fiend character. This week, we were a part of the Firefly Funhouse. We, we, we. It was reported months ago that when Bray was going to return, we were going to see in-ring segments of the Firefly Funhouse. This, I believe, is so much better. The fans, the product, Raw, was the Firefly Funhouse, and it is only a matter of time before we see the Fiend Bray Wyatt become the Universal Champion, and Raw becomes the Firefly Funhouse for a very long time, especially with the AEW programming starting soon. I think Bray Wyatt is going to defeat Seth Rollins inside Hell in a Cell at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view in October, and I think we're going to see a new Universal Champion. And the only thing I have... Uh, negative to say about this character is that he's not featured every week. Right now, we have a Universal Champion that is there H in every week, live events, whatever they need him to do, he's there. We're not really used to this because the Universal Champion we had before was Brock Lesnar, and he was there when he wanted to be there. It was a couple couple dates throughout the year. Uh, so we may see this same uh, type of champion run, championship run with Bray Wyatt. So I'm not sure where exactly they stand. If Bray is going to be featured every week, if it's going to be uh, just a special attraction, uh, is he going to wrestle as the Bray Wyatt that we see in the Firefly Funhouse, Or is he always going to be the fiend? These are a lot of questions. Uh, there's a lot of questions that we need answers to uh, regarding the, the character of Bray Wyatt, the fiend Bray Wyatt going forward. But I do think it's going to be incredible to see segments of the Firefly Funhouse with the Universal Championship being held hostage with Rambling Rabbit and the Vince Puppet and Sister Abigail. I think it's going to be an incredible, incredible story. I'm excited uh, to see this, you know, this this story progress. I think the the promos that Bray Wyatt is giving in the Firefly Funhouse, uh, it actually makes me feel like there really is a, f- a real Firefly Funhouse. I want to go there. It's exciting. It's something different. We've, n- we've never seen something like this before. Uh, and like I said, I'm all here for it. I'm excited, especially to see Bray getting his due, getting his fair shot finally as the top champion in the WWE. Like I said earlier, this Monday Night Raw was incredible. The storytelling, the writing, Bray Wyatt's Firefly Funhouse being the entire episode of Monday Night Raw. We saw a lot of stuff go down. And I was only it was only a matter of time before we saw the same thing happen on SmackDown Live. SmackDown Live, again, another show, another episode this week, hitting it out of the park. Both Raw and SmackDown this week. Incredible writing, incredible storytelling. Incredible matches. We didn't necessarily see a lot. Actually, on Monday Night Raw, we did not see any backstage interviews, uh, which is really odd because we typically do see that. And the same thing happened on SmackDown Live. We did not see any backstage interviews. It was more uh, matches or in-ring segments, which the WWE Universe is excited about. But I also have to make reference because AEW does the exact same thing. So I think from what we've been seeing lately, WWE is taking some, some things from AEW. Uh, we see the progression in the, in the WWE Tag Team Division. We saw it completely collapse a few weeks ago. AEW having their own tournament coming up uh, for you know to, to 
name their Raw, t- t- uh, sorry, to name their AEW World Tag Team Champions. And, you know, AEW focuses, or th- they claim their focus is tag team wrestling. So WWE, you know, taking that into consideration, something that they have to compete with. Uh, we've, saw, we've seen a lot of tag team action this week and at the at Clash of Champions pay-per-view. So I think WWE is starting to pick up on some things that they do like from AEW that they were not doing before. Like I said, the tag team wrestling, no backstage interviews, more in-ring matches, longer matches, and more storytelling, uh, which are all things that AEW claims to be focusing on. So I'm, in, I'm excited to see where this goes. We also have this week NXT debuting live on the USA Network. I'm so excited for that. I'm so excited to be a pro wrestling fan with everything that is going on right now. And I know you are too. I know the the fans listening right now are excited too. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. What's up, Angle fans? Have you followed our social media pages yet? You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Angle Radio for your full all-access backstage pass to everything pro wrestling. Once again, that's at The Angle Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now back to the studio. Welcome back to The Angle. I'm your host, Joey Carney, and right now, we're going to jump into this week's SmackDown Live. Again, we saw a lot of exciting things on this week's SmackDown Live, as well as Monday Night Raw. We saw The New Day meet Randy Orton and The Revival in a six-man tag team match that was scheduled to be the main event of the show, but it opened the show instead. What a great match that was. Kofi Kingston getting the pin, one, two, three, and what happened next was the shock of the night. And we heard that, like, that... I'm sorry, I have to do it anyway. And it goes... We saw the return of the Beast incarnate Brock Lesnar. Sporting a new haircut and beard, I have to say, looks more badass than he did before. But he came down to the ring with Paul Heyman. Paul almost tripped uh, coming into the ring, which was pretty hysterical. But he kept this cool, the professional that he is. Impressive, impressive uh, fall back from, from Paul Heyman after that that trip. But in any anyway, sorry to get off track. Kofi staying tall with his WWE Championship on his shoulder. Telling the New Day, Xavier Woods, and Big E to leave the ring. He's got this. He's got Brock Lesnar under control. And we all know that is a load of bullshit. Because, oh, Kofi, you can't take the beast, bro. You got to be gotta be careful with that one. But Paul Heyman laid out the challenge for the SmackDown debut on Fox in just a couple of weeks. He laid out the challenge to Kofi Kingston that his client, Brock Lesnar. Sorry, that, that was really bad. I'm going to try that again. <clears throat> Brock Lesnar. That's I'm just, that you. That's what you're gonna get. You're not gonna get anything better from me. I've been talking for a while. My throat is a little off. But anyway, we saw Heyman throw out the challenge to Kofi Kingston for the debut episode of SmackDown Live Friday Night SmackDown on Fox in just a few weeks for the WWE Championship. He challenged Kofi to go to go one on one with Brock Lesnar. This is going to be a main event that everyone's watching. We know what's going to happen. It's very predictable. I'd be shocked if Kofi rega- retained the title. But, you know, with Vince McMahon running the show, you know that is not going to happen. But for ratings, we need Brock Lesnar, especially for the big debut episode of, of on Fox. But like I said, the main event announced the challenge has been thrown down. The main event will be the WWE Championship. Kofi Kingston putting his title on the line against Brock Lesnar. 
Now, I was disappointed when we saw... Oh, I was actually... No, let me let me rephrase that. Let me retract. I was excited when we saw Ali was going to face Shinsuke Nakamura, obviously with Sami Zayn in his corner. But after that match uh, sort of started, we saw Sami Zayn come out. And honestly, I love this guy. I love Sami Zayn in the ring, on the mic. But he's kind of... No, let me retract again. He is getting so freaking annoying with... Shinsuke Nakamura, Kinshasa! I can't take it anymore. He needs to shut the hell up. Take the mic away from him. We saw it happen at Clash of Champions. They cut his mic off. It was just getting way too obnoxious. Let Shinsuke fight. That's what we want to see. Obviously, playing into the heel, uh, you know, that's not going to happen. But we thought we were going to get some sort of match between the two. No, they they, they cheap-shotted Ali, uh, Kinshasa on Ali. The match didn't even happen. I was really disappointed uh, this match, this was supposed to be a storyline we saw m- a months ago, and it got dropped. And I guess we were starting to see it uh, happen again. So obviously, this is a great way to segment into the next phase of the storyline. Uh, we're gonna see. So I know it's gonna end with Ali winning the Intercontinental Championship, and it's probably gonna be from Sami Zayn somehow costing Shinsuke by mistake. Uh, which will lead to Sami Zayn and Shinsuke having a feud of their own, I hope, because their NXT matches back in the day were fantastic. Classic matches, top matches we've ever seen in NXT, and I hope that that's where the story goes. Um, I thought about that when the story was first announced, you know, obviously that, that Sami Zayn would be the spokesperson for, Shits, for Shinsuke, but uh, I hope that's where it goes. I hope we see eventually Shinsuke Nakamura versus Sami Zayn. We did see Kevin Owens serve Shane McMahon with some paperwork claiming that he is going to sue him for $25 million. Wow, that's a big number. Kevin made his way into the crowd. Sitting in the crowd, uh, out came Shane McMahon, and he basically you know, uh, served him paperwork for the largest wrongful termination lawsuit in history, which is obviously true because what Kevin said later on is that he was fined for, or he was he was fined a hundred thousand dollars for attacking an official. Yet last week, when he was an official, Shane McMahon did the exact same things. He put his hands on him. He attacked him as an official. They also make reference of him tapping out to Chad Gable last week. But overall, Kevin Owens says that his life's work has been taken away. He wants to be back in the ring, especially on SmackDown Live. And now all he wants to do is hurt Shane McMahon. And the best way to do that is by hitting him. In where we're hitting him where it hurts the most, and that is his wallet and his pride. So now it's all about Kevin Owens taking money from Shane McMahon, and we're obviously going to see Shane McMahon lose his mind. Obviously, <laughs> this is going to be great. But at the end of that segment, Owens said it isn't just about taking Shane McMahon's money because he's got a lot of it. He's a McMahon. It's about coming to down, coming down to this ring, and telling Shane McMahon you're. Fired. In the words of Vince McMahon, you're fired. Now, I'm not exactly sure how he's going to be the one to say you're fired. I don't know if this is leading to another match of the two. All I know that is that this storyline needs to end. I thought it was going to end after SummerSlam. It obviously played into Kevin Owens being uh, eliminated from the ring tournament, which I thought would end somewhere around there, but it hasn't. Kevin Owens needs to be in a better spot on the show. He was, I think, one of the biggest matches at SummerSlam. And now he's just, you know, doing this. And I'm just, I don't know. I think the storyline needs to end. He needs to move on from Shane and let him go towards a title or something. I don't know. Something needs to happen 
because this is just not it for Kevin Owens. Even if it is what the rumors are that he's going back to NXT to help promote the brand. Um, I'm not sure if that is true or false. I hope it is not true. I would love to see Kevin Owens on uh, one of the major shows, either Raw or SmackDown particularly. I want to see him on SmackDown. I think SmackDown needs that extra star power. Kevin Owens uh, being a megastar in the WWE, I think that he is a full... uh, I think he's a top star on SmackDown. On Raw, he kind of gets stuck in the mid-card. But on SmackDown, he's a top dog. So let him stay on SmackDown. Another surprise that we saw on SmackDown Live took uh, took place after the Charlotte Flair and Sasha Banks match. I thought that this match was... I mean, obviously, I, I put it out on Twitter that... I thought maybe this match was going to end in DQ. I put out a poll asking if it was going to be it was either going to be Becky who uh, interfered or if it was going to be Bailey who interfered causing the DQ. And majority of the votes went to Bailey, and that's exactly what we saw. Bailey interrupted the match, causing the DQ, letting Charlotte Flair get the win. They started beating down Charlotte Flair, and we thought that Becky was going to make the save because he, Charlotte made the save for her on Monday Night Raw, but that was not the case. In a shocking turn of events, we saw a returning and hopefully at full health, Carmella. She kicked, super kicked uh, Bailey in the face and she super kicked Char- uh, Sasha in the face, uh, letting them run away from the ring. And I'm so excited to see Carmella back. Um, but I'm excited to see her involved in the women's division. We've normally seen her for the past few months. We've seen her aligned with R-Truth in the 24-7 championship storyline. I thought maybe that was leading to her becoming the 24-7 champion uh, just for shits and giggles. But that was not the case. She was just aligned with uh, you know, R-Truth, uh, helping him find hiding spots and keep the title. But now she looks to be back, healthy, and better than ever in the women's division and in a strong position in the women's division, being somehow inserted into the four horsewomen storyline. Um, a lot of people don't remember this, but and uh, in, back in NXT, Carmella was, uh, you know, not in the four horsewomen, but she was on the outskirts of the four horsemen, like Alexa Bliss. Uh, so it'll be cool to see what involvement she has in this story. Um, I'm sure we'll see some sort of Carmella versus Bailey match next week, or even Carmella versus Sasha Banks, or even a tag team match between uh, Bailey and Sasha taking on Carmella and uh, Charlotte Flair. But either way, I'm excited to see where this goes. Um, I did not expect Carmella to make the save. Obviously, we all thought it was with Becky. Um, but adding more women to this storyline, this is incredible. I'm excited. I'm excited to see where the women's division go- is going, especially with the draft coming up in just a few weeks. And if you didn't know, now you know. We're going to have our own, our very own, The Angle Live. We're going live on YouTube again, another live stream, for our WWE Draft Watch Party. We're going to have special guests. We're going to have contests. We're going to have uh, desserts. We're going to have a party. That's what we're going to have. We're going to have a party, and we are designing a special set for this show. Uh, We will have uh, our very own draft with different guests on the show. I'm going to be drafted somewhere. Our guests are going to be drafted somewhere, and you're going to see exactly what I'm talking about because we are going to have different shirts for Raw and SmackDown. We're going to have Raw and SmackDown sides of the set. It's going to be incredible, and you have to check it out. It's all going down when the WWE draft happens in just a few weeks on SmackDown Live. And we're going live. And the reason why I say you have to be a part of it is because you can be drafted as well. If you engage with us during the show, 
the whole two-hour show that we we're going to have, if you engage with us, tweet us or comment back or anything, we'll throw your name into the hat and we'll have you drafted to either my uh, the side that I'm on, and I don't know where I'm going to be drafted to. It's all going to be done by the higher-ups of the show. I'm going to be drafted to either Raw or SmackDown. My guests are going to be drafted to either Raw or SmackDown. You can be drafted to Raw or SmackDown. All you have to do is engage with us. Send some sort of tweet. Comment back to us. Uh, write a review. Write a five-star review on our Apple Podcast page. We will read out your review, we will shout you out, and we will draft you to either Raw or SmackDown. It's going to be exciting. Like I said, this is by the fans and for the fans. And this is a pro wrestling ex uh, experience that we've never seen before. And I'm excited to share it with you, and I'm sure you are excited to be involved with us. So like I said, tweet us, comment back on Twitter or anything, whatever. You want to send us a DM, whatever. Send us something. Engage with us some way. You can be drafted to Raw or SmackDown, and we'll even send you your own Raw or SmackDown shirt. It's going to be fantastic. I'm sorry I'm rambling about this, but I'm just so excited for this draft party. Now back to what we saw on SmackDown Live. We saw the coronation of the king, King Corbin. We saw it go down on Monday Night Raw. He defeated Chad Gable to become the 2019 King of the Ring in what was a well-deserved opportunity. The Lone Wolf's music hit. He came out looking fresh as hell in a nice fitted suit. He looked like a million bucks, came into the ring, took his jacket off, put on the robe, was handed the crown of the king. He took his scepter, sat in his chair, and even invited Chad Gable out and ran some jokes about being short, which I thought were pretty funny. Um, but we, this is just more and more evidence that Baron Corbin is evolving. We've seen him evolve over the last few months. And I'm excited to see where he goes. I hope we see him somehow involved in the main event picture. Um, but that is uh, you know, obviously looking forward a little while. I think what we're going to see right now is a small feud between him and Chad Gable. I think this is a great opportunity to utilize both superstars. Uh, you know, now that the King of the Ring tournament is over, and we definitely saw that it was over because Chad Gable destroyed everything that was involved with the King of the Ring. We saw him put Corbin through the King of the Ring chair. He broke the scepter over his back. He stomped on the uh, the crown, uh, which basically shows that the King of the Ring is over. It's done. It's in the past. Um, but now Corbin has some more, you know, some more things built on his resume and we will probably see a short feud with them too. Uh, now we can see, uh, Chad Gable get a win over Corbin and then we'll see the grudge match between the two. And I'm excited to see where that goes because from what we've seen so far, they both can put on a great match, uh, together. So I'm excited to see where that storyline goes. Now this next match I want to talk about wasn't necessarily a great match, um, but it was, uh, significant into building a better tag team division. We saw Heavy Machinery uh, versus the B Team, uh, two teams that we haven't really seen much of. Uh, the B Team, former uh, Raw Tag Team Champions. Heavy Machinery, former uh, contenders for the SmackDown Live Tag Team Championship. We thought that they were going to be involved more uh, when they were going against um, teams of or teams like Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan. Uh, and they somehow got, you know, pushed to the back of the line and kind of held off TV for a while. But they are back. Um, and the reason why, like I said, I want to talk about this match is because typically when we want to see a team, uh, when we want to see a team uh, evolved or, you know, maximized as much as they can on TV without pushing them too fast, uh, like we've seen with the Viking Raiders, like we've seen with other teams like AOP in the past, uh, they typically beat 
jobbers. But this week we saw heavy machinery take on the B team, and we saw exactly what they can do. And this is the best way. Uh, I, I want to say this. This is the best way to uh, build a stronger tag team division. Uh, I don't like utilizing teams uh, by beating jobbers. That to me that doesn't really show what they can do. Uh, it's kind of just another win on their notch, a notch on their belt. But it doesn't really mean anything. It's not a significant win when you beat a team like the B team, a former you know a former tag team champion. That really you know proves something. Especially, you know, in the ring with the with their moves that we saw this week, I think heavy machinery is on is on a a, a roll right now. And making reference to earlier when I said that a, uh, that WWE is looking to you know grow their or or enhance their tag team division, this is the way to do it. Uh, put teams together that we don't normally see. Uh, B team, I don't want to say they're jobbers, but right now they kind of are jobbers. But this is the best way to utilize both teams by not using technical jobbers but the end of the show is really what i want to touch base on we saw daniel bryan come out and kind of play uh the back and forth heel and face role in that promo we saw him tell the the fans the wwe universe that good or bad he never lied to them he was always truthful and he doesn't like liars and eric rowan although he still is his friend and considers him a friend he does not like the fact that he lied to him and betrayed him this obviously led to Rowan coming out, or should I say Eric Rowan, because his name is now back to being Eric Rowan. And props to Daniel Bryan, because when Eric Rowan came out, he flat out said, I don't listen to you. I'm not a puppet. I don't want, I'm don't. i not being disrespected anymore. And Daniel kind of got in his face and told him, well, if you don't want to be disrespected, why don't you freaking do something about it? He threw down the mic, raised his hands, and was ready to do something. He was ready to go at it with Eric Rowan. And out of nowhere, Luke Harper, and also Luke Harper, back to being Luke Harper instead of Harper, uh, another name change that we've seen recently, uh, attacked Daniel Bryan from behind, uh, causing, you know, the double team to beat down Daniel Bryan, which led to the big dog, Roman Reigns, coming out to make the save, but not for long because they both decimated Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan. They powerbombed Roman into the the outside turnbuckle. We've seen that done a few times already. That kind of looks like it hurts. Uh, I'm not going to lie. That, that really looks like it hurts. Um... Yeah, so we saw them powerbomb Roman into the turnbuckle, taking him out. And we saw, once again, the well, not this week, but we saw Eric Rowan put Daniel Bryan through the, the table last week. But this week, they both, uh, the duo of Eric Rowan and Luke Harper, both put Daniel Bryan through a table. And Daniel Bryan sold the shit out of that table spot. He was fl like flopping on the floor like a fish after it was done. And it looked like he hit hard. Uh, but like I said, selling that move really, really well. I'm excited to see what they do with Luke Harper and Eric Rowan. Before Luke Harper returned, I thought that maybe uh, they were building Luke Harper as a, as a singles competitor, as a strong singles competitor, maybe to create another monster-like character because we obviously don't have uh, superstars like Lars Sullivan around at the moment. I know a lot of people have forgot about him, uh, but we don't have that big monster-like superstar on SmackDown. The only other one that I could say that we do have is Braun Strowman, and he's on Raw, but for now, because obviously we have the draft coming up in a few weeks. So he's on Raw. We need someone on SmackDown, and I thought that was going to be Eric Rowan. Let him run roughshod over all the you know SmackDown Live superstars, but being aligned now with Luke Harper, are they going to be a tag team? Are they going to be a tag team that you know have their own singles competitors like we see with Sasha and Bayley? They're a team, but they have their own singles 
uh, storylines at the moment. So are we, we going to see that with Luke Harper and Eric Rowan? Are they going to be uh, considered an actual tag team? Is this going to lead to another tag team title run? Are they could call are they being called the Bludgeon Brothers because they come out with some camo gear and some Viking-like shirt or some words on their shirts that look Viking-like? Um, so I'm not really sure what they're going to be doing with them. Uh, but overall, I'm excited to see where this goes, even if it's uh, with the tag team division or if they're singles competitors that just you know, come down to the ring with each other. I'm not sure, but I'm excited for all of this. This week's Raw and SmackDown, I keep saying it, they knocked it out of the freaking park. Great storytelling on both shows. Great matches on both shows. Nothing that I could say that I was like, eh, that was kind of obnoxious to watch. Um, I enjoyed all of it, and I'm sure you did too. So if you did, uh, you know, you can tweet us at The Angle Radio. Let us know what you thought about Monday's Monday Night Raw and, you know, Tuesday Night SmackDown. Um, we know we have NXT later on tonight, live, finally on the USA Network. We've been expecting this for a while. Announced finally, and it's finally here. We talked about it on the show a few weeks ago. Uh, so many questions going to NXT, but I'm sure we're going to find out a lot, a lot of things tonight. I'm excited for it. Like I said, tweet us at The Angle Radio. We want to know exactly what you're thinking in regards to everything in professional wrestling, whether if it's you enjoyed or hated Monday Night Raw, whether it's, whether it's you enjoyed or hated SmackDown Live, if you are excited for NXT, if you can care less about NXT. Which show are you going to be watching on Wednesday nights in just a few weeks? Are you going to be watching WWE NXT or are you going to be watching AEW? Let us know at The Angle Radio. Very easy. Send us something. I do want to jump into the Angle's top five hotspots this week. Normally, I do my own top five hotspots for both Raw and SmackDown individually. But this week, I want to try something different. I want to add all of my tops combined. I want to combine them all and make a list, the top five hotspots for WWE this week, combining both brands, Raw and SmackDown. So that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to jump into the top five hotspots right now. I do also want to add that I'm going to use the information from Class of Champions to make this list of the top five hotspots. So jumping into the top five hotspots, the Angles top five hotspots this week, number five, the SmackDown Live Women's Champion, Bayley. And I'll tell you why. She won her match this week at Class of Champions, defeating Charlotte Flair. Despite it being a, 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 a ridiculous win, she got the win on Monday Night Raw. She helped Sasha Banks defeat the tag team, the women's tag team champions. And on Tuesday Night SmackDown, she interrupted the match, beating down Charlotte Flair to help Sasha Banks get away. So out of all the spots I could possibly put her, number five this week is the SmackDown Live women's champion, Bayley. Number four this week, I have the United States champion, the phenomenal one, AJ Styles. He defeated Cedric Alexander... Sunday night at Clash of Champions, a strong, clean finish, one, two, three. He did the same thing on Monday Night Raw, and even after a, an attack after, he hit a Styles Clash off the top rope to Cedric Alexander, claiming his stake as a dominant United States champion, claiming his stake as a dominant superstar in the WWE. Like I said, looking stronger, badder than ever. I'm excited to see more of it. And at number four, AJ Styles. 
Number three this week is none other than the WWE champion, Kofi Kingston, getting in a massive win over Randy Orton, a clean win, might I add, over Randy Orton at sun on Sunday at Clash of Champions, retaining his WWE championship on Tuesday, defeating Randy Orton in the Revival again. Another clean win, Trouble in Paradise, one, two, three, now having to defend his title against Brock Lesnar when SmackDown goes to Fox in just a few weeks. So at number three, the WWE champion, Kofi Kingston. At number two, which is going to be a surprise to many because they expect him to be number one, but he's not on the Angles Top 5 Hotspots. Number two this week, The Fiend, Bray Wyatt at Clash of Champions, claiming his spot as the next contender for Seth Rollins' Universal Championship. On Monday Night Raw, making the entire episode of Monday Night Raw, the Firefly Funhouse, attacking Kane at the end of the show, making Raw all about Bray Wyatt, making it all about the fiend Bray Wyatt in the Firefly Funhouse. The psychology, I said it was great. Everything was great. At number two this week, The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. Now, at number one this week, closing out the Angles Top 5 Hotspots, is none other then the new 2019 King of the Ring winner, Baron Corbin. A strong win on Monday Night Raw, defeating Chad Gable to become the 2019 King of the Ring winner. And on, on Tuesday night, having his coronation, running down some jokes. Although Chad Gable got the best of him, I do have to give him props because he did what 16 other superstars couldn't, and that was become the 2019 King of the Ring winner, King Corbin. All hail King Corbin. So at number one this week, we have the King of the Ring winner, Baron Corbin. Now just a quick rundown of this week's top five hotspots. At number five, the SmackDown Live Women's Champion, Bayley. At number four, the United States Champion, AJ Styles. At number three, we have the WWE Champion, Kofi Kingston. Number two, the Fiend, Bray Wyatt. And at number one, the 2019 King of the Ring winner, Baron Corbin. I want to know if you agree with my list, the top five hotspots this week, uh, or if you disagree. So you can tweet us at The Angle Radio and let me know what you're thinking. Let me know if you think I'm a complete psychopath who is out of touch with the WWE product, or let me know if you think that I am completely on point. I like to think I'm completely on point, but there are also those others that don't think the same. So let us know what you're thinking at The Angle Radio on Twitter. But now I want to get into to read some tweets from some fans online in a new segment I like to call Retweets. The first tweet I want to read is in response to something I tweeted about Kofi and Brock on SmackDown Live. And it is from Casey Flynn or at Casey Flynn 17854. They said, and you can say goodbye to Kofi's title reign because Brock is winning the title on the Fox premiere. No way Vince lets Kofi retain. I completely agree, Casey. I think that we are going to see a new WWE champion. Um, I think that's what's going to help build the ratings for that SmackDown Live. But I also think it's going to help draw fans to watch uh, more of SmackDown Live. Now that Fox is going to be the home of SmackDown, uh, you know, this show is replacing a UFC Tonight show on uh, Fox. So fans who are typically used to watching UFC will obviously know who Brock Lesnar is, so which leads to more of a chance of them, you know, watching SmackDown Live. So great, uh, great tweet by Casey. Thank you for responding, um, and I uh, look forward to more interactions. This next tweet comes to us from at I am Manu C, uh, and they uh, posted a video of 
Sasha kicking Alexa Bliss in the abdomen, which let her go into the ring post. And the tweet says, this is the reason why I don't trust Sasha Banks. She was gone for, she was gone to, in quotes, rediscovered herself and remains pretty, remains a pretty bitch with Alexa Bliss, dot, dot, dot. Unbelievable. Don't tell me, quotes, that was a part of the match. Just look at how Alexa reacted. And I have to agree. I think that, uh, well, not necessarily agree, but I think that Sasha, uh, you know, landed that kick on Alexa, not knowing that that was going to have the effect. I think it was more just to sell, uh, you know, interrupting or, or, you know, attacking her in the corner. It was uh, sad to see Alexa get hit like that and, you know, land into the corner. Uh, but I don't think it was intentional. Uh, if I'm being honest here, I don't think it was intentional. But uh, it did look great on TV, although it did hurt Alexa. Um, just playing more into the heel character of, of Sasha, but uh, you know I, I have to, I have to agree with you somewhat. So uh, thank you for that tweet. I am on your C, uh, and I look forward to reading more of your tweets. This next tweet is from at OTR King Ty, and he wrote, "Okay, this week's programming has been dot 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 awesome. Hashtag Raw was great. Hashtag SmackDown Live was great. I cannot wait for the hashtag NXT debut tomorrow night. Damn, I love the WWE. And I have to agree. This week's programming has been phenomenal. And I'm just excited. And I think that was done intentionally. I think it was done uh, intentionally to make us excited for NXT's debut on USA Network. Uh, obviously, fans watching Raw and SmackDown. Now we're going to want to tune into NXT to see what the hell happens there. So I got to agree with OTR King Ty. Damn, I love the WWE. This next tweet comes from at MC underscore Wilkinson1. And he wrote, a few SmackDown Live thoughts. I'm not sure the Eric Rowan push will work. Something isn't quite clicking. Another point he wrote. Ali should be the next IC champion, but the partnership between Nakamura and Sami Zayn is fantastic. And his third point, Kevin Owens remains a hot act, but he needs to move on from from Shane soon. And I totally agree. All three key, all three uh, points you made there, Matthew, uh, are amazing, um, and I agree with all of them. Um, Eric Rowan's push, I'm not sure, like I said earlier in the show, I'm not sure if he's going to be more of a singles competitor, but obviously being aligned with Luke Harper now, um, I don't think that will necessarily be the case. I think they will stay as a tag team. Uh, so him getting that push, I think, was just to you know lead to the return of Luke Harper. But like I said, I do agree with all your points here you wrote in this tweet. Um, and I'm excited to see what else. I see that uh, you are a professional writer as well, a sports journalist for uh, pro wrestling. So I, I'm excited to read more of your tweets. Uh, and uh, hopefully you know we can get more of you on the show. So that would be awesome. This last tweet I want to read is from at Rami Yaz. I hope I'm not butchering these names. If I am, I apologize. And they responded to one of my tweets about Michael Cole being outdated for WWE commentary today. Uh, they agreed with me and they wrote, I agree even though he's literally one half of my childhood commentators with King and JR. But yes, it's time for the new commentators to step up. And it is, ju is it just me or do I not like Co Corey's commentary? I totally agree. Uh, my childhood, I, uh, my my childhood WWE days, uh, the voice for that is Jr. and King. They when I watch or I think about old matches, I think about their voices because they were so uh, significant, you know, obviously to our childhood, but to wrestling at the time. Today's generation uh, is Michael Cole, and we saw Michael Cole, uh, you know, during our childhood as well. Um, but now that he is the voice of WWE, I just think he's getting a little outdated, especially with having younger commentators like Tom Phillips, Byron Saxon, Corey Graves, and now we have Renee Young. 
uh, I think that he is definitely, uh, you know, his time is, uh, he's just outdated. In general, he's just outdated. And uh, a lot of people don't like Corey Graves' commentary, but that's just because he is a heel character on Raw. He plays the heel while Renee Young plays the face. And Michael Cole is, you know, supposed to be the neutral Switzerland one to kind of, you know, level them out. On SmackDown Live, again, Corey Graves is the heel. Byron Saxon is the face. And Tom Phillips is there to level the playing field. So a, a lot of people do not like Corey uh, Graves' commentary. Uh, a lot of the comments he makes are funny. I honestly, I enjoy his commentary. I think that he makes he he points light at real things. He makes it seem like wow, that is not a uh, he'll he took a shot at Jericho a few weeks ago. He'll take shots at other people. Um, I think he's just uh, you know a ballsy human being in general. But that great creates controversy and controversy creates cash in the words of Eric Bischoff. So um, I do agree. Uh, with some of your points, but I also have to disagree that I do like Corey's commentary. And again, thank you for your tweets. I do enjoy interacting uh, with you on Twitter, so let's keep doing that. Um, but overall, I want to thank everybody for their tweets this week on retweets. Uh, we'll be back uh, next week for another segment, and I hope to get some more engagements, some more fan insights. I always say this on a show, and I kind of sound like Rambling Rabbit now, just rambling on about it. But this is a show by the fans and for the fans. We thrive on the wrestling fans' insight. So your tweets mean everything to us. Your tweets, uh, you know, kind of paved the way for what we think is going to happen next. And overall, it kind of paves the way for what happens next in professional wrestling. So keep tweeting. Keep letting us know what you're thinking. And uh, like I said, we'll be back next week for another segment of Retweets. I really enjoyed this week in WWE. Uh, we didn't see much from any other company, so I'm not really going to say much. We did see some uh, advancement uh, or more information uh, released involving the uh, AEW Tag Team Tournament to crown new AEW Tag Team Champions. So that was pretty exciting. But overall, this week in WWE has been fantastic. They, they freaking knocked everything out of the park this week, from Class of Champions all the way to SmackDown Live. And I'm excited because tonight we're going to see the debut of NXT, the gold and yellow brand on the USA Network. I'm excited. I'll be live tweeting the entire event. Uh, you, know, you can tweet me at the Angle Radio. Let me know what you're thinking. And we will do a show tomorrow about what we saw in NXT and everything else that will happen in the week. Now, before we end the show, I do want to highlight some events that we have um, coming up in the upcoming weeks. On Sunday, October 6th, the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view is going live on the WWE Network. And, of course, The Angle will be doing, will be doing a live pre-show on YouTube. We will be doing a show at 5 p.m. on our YouTube channel at The Angle Radio. We're going to be going over the card. I'm going to have a special guest. We're going to have some special prizes. We're going to you know engage with some fans. And we're going to probably send out some Funko Pops and some uh, fan merchandise. So uh, if you're looking to engage with us, like I said, The Angle Radio, Sunday, October 6th at 5 p.m. live on YouTube, The Angle's Hell in a Cell live pre-show. Now, another show we will be doing live, and this show will be a little different because we're going to be live on not only YouTube, but Twitter as well. It's going to be the the Angles WWE Draft Live Watch Party, and that's going to be on Friday, October 11th. We haven't designed, uh, we haven't uh, designated a time yet. I will keep you updated on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, wherever you find us, um, any social media platform that we're on. 
I will, you know, post a time for that. But it will be Friday, October 11th, the WWE Draft. The Angle will be doing their very own live watch party for the draft. Like I said earlier in the show, I'm going to be drafted somewhere. I'm going to have some special guests on the show. They are going to be drafted. If you want to be drafted as well, engage with us. Send us something. Let us know what you're thinking, and you can be drafted. We'll send you a Raw shirt. We'll send you a SmackDown shirt, wherever you're drafted to. We'll make you feel like a WWE superstar right here on the angle. So that's going to happen on, on Friday, October 11th. Uh, it's probably going to start um, 15 to 20 minutes before SmackDown goes on air. So I'm going to say right now it's probably we're probably going to get started around 7.45 uh, if SmackDown starts at 8. So we're going to start about 7.45. It's going to run the entire show to about 10 o'clock. Um, so like I said, Friday, October 11th, the, the, the Angles WWE Draft Live Watch Party. Get involved, get a shirt, and get drafted. It's going to be a fun time. But for now, I'm your host, Joey Carney. Thank you for listening this week. It's been an exciting week in wrestling. I've been excited on the show. Uh, and we will have more coming tomorrow from NXT's live debut on the USA Network. It's an exciting time to be a wrestling fan, an exciting time to be a WWE fan. But for now, I'm your host, Joey Carney, and this has been The Angle.